Hey everyone and welcome back. I am your host, Francesca Amante, the founder of Amante Podcast, Amante Real Estate, and Amante Apparel. So excited to have you back on here with another special guest. Stay tuned. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Amante Podcast. I am your host, Francesca Amante, and I am so very honored and excited to be here with a very special guest today who's not only a special person in my life, but she does touch a lot of incredible humans day to day with her work and how she inspires others to live their best life. Her name is Benita Summers, and uh, through all of her work throughout the years in television, radio, being on many podcasts, and now being an inspiring business and life coach, with among many other things that she does, which I'll let her get into. Without further ado, welcome Benita Summers to the stage. Hi, Francesca. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure, Benita. I'm glad we finally were able to connect and do this. Me too. <laughs> yes. So, Benita, um, the world, uh, I'm sure most of the world does know about you, but for those of uh, our audience today that don't know who you are, uh, perhaps you can introduce yourself and what you do, and uh, yeah, we'll get started. I'd be happy to. Thank you. I am a psychic life and business coach. Um, the company I run is Spirit Kelowna, out of my office in downtown Kelowna, as well as worldwide by Zoom and phone. Um, my way of working is different. A lot of people think of psychics as people who predict the future, but I believe that the future is something that we create. The problem is our subconscious patterns are a big part of that creation. So if we don't know what's happening at the subconscious level. We don't know why we're making the choices we do. So my job is to bring those patterns to consciousness help you realize why you keep ending up in the same dissatisfying relationships, career choices, um, other situations on your life path, Mm -hmm. help to undo those old cycles and get you on the path you were always meant to walk. Amazing. And I can personally say through my own (laughs) interactions with Benita, it's quite powerful work. So thank you for sharing a bit of an insight to what you do, Benita. Um, Maybe perhaps next, I'd love for you to share, you know, how you got into this work and kind of where your journey began and some of the perhaps milestones or challenges along the way that really brought you to this point of realizing this is your true calling. Sure, I'd be happy to. So I was born into a psychic family. Uh, my grandmother was a medium in England. My mother is psychic. Um, my, some of my children have shown those abilities early in life. <clears throat> And so I grew up uh, being able to see and hear things the average person couldn't and having it treated very matter-of-factly in my family. Quite frankly, I think we all are born psychic, but if we grow up in families where that's not considered the norm and we look to our parents to tell us what reality is, then if a parent says, "Oh, oh, don't be so silly when you say that you can see or hear something other people can't, or, oh, don't make up those stories, Um, then we start to discount our own abilities and suppress them to fit in with our families. So that suppression never happened for me. And I actually studied the supernatural from a very young age because I wanted to understand my experiences. And I, at 18, started doing psychic readings using playing cards. I actually got a book from Coles called How to Tell Fortunes with playing cards. And I started to realize that I was getting insights more than what the cards were actually saying Hmm. and started to realize the cards were a tool that triggered my intuition, but they weren't, there was nothing actually in the cards themselves. They are not powerful. They're just a tool. Mm-hmm. And so where I've worn a lot of business hats in my life, all my life, uh, as a sideline, I did psychic readings and eventually got to the point where it became my full-time work. In about 2007, I went into this work full-time. And Amazing. I just turned 59 this year, so I've had a little practice over the years. Wow. And for those of you that don't know, Benita, she doesn't look 59. I, whenever she says her age, I'm like, my goodness, really? Is this possible? Um, so, no, that's... Thank you so much for sharing that, Benita. And it's so neat. It's a great reminder for myself as well. Because, I mean, I talk to Benita 
often and I really enjoy her coaching and her insight and her nudges to uh, look at things with a different perspective but it's such a beautiful reminder to to yeah, just be reminded of where it all started for you and how you've been able to uh, curate the experience you have today through you know not just in the last say five years but literally your entire life so I really appreciate that background and experience myself and I'm sure many others do well thank you thank you of course Benita. and you, you had asked about challenges along the way yeah <clears throat> I would say probably one of the biggest challenges for me was completely owning who I am and what I do. Mm -hmm. So when I first moved here, I called myself an intuitive coach because I thought, oh, people are going to think psychic and they're going to think, oh, it's all woo-woo and, you know, <laughs> they're going to discount me. Yeah. And then there just came a point where something shifted for me and I just went, you know, damn it, I'm a psychic life and business coach and that's what I'm going to call myself. And I remember being at a referral group where everybody was at tables and everybody, you know, stood up one at a time and introduced themselves and what they did. And I'm sitting there with, you know, mortgage brokers and you know, real estate folks and bankers and, you know, a lot of people working the mainstream of, of life in the Okanagan. So when I stood up and I said, I'm a psychic life and business coach, I can do for you in an hour what would take months or even years of conventional coaching. When I sat down a lady next to me said, you know, as soon as you said psychic, I was ready to roll my eyes. But you spoke about it with such confidence. I thought there's got to be something to that. Wow. And I think for me, that's been one of the biggest things about the work I do is I'm not here to impress anybody with my being a psychic. I think that's quite honestly, it's not important. What's important is that when you come to me, yeah, at first, I'm going to tap into your subconscious and tell you what I'm getting. But for people who work with me over time, and I have a lot of people who, you know, like to buy my packages and keep doing ongoing work with me, um, my job is to teach you ultimately how to hear your own inner wisdom and trust it and basically teach you how to be your own psychic. Yes. And I think that's something that makes me a little different from some of the mainstream psychics. You know, I once had somebody say to me, well, you know, am I just going to have to uh, you know, come to you forever for answers. And I said, well, ultimately, you're, you know, if you keep working with me, you're going to come to me to help have me help you jog your own consciousness for answers. So you become better and better able to listen to yourself and act from your own intuition when making decisions. Mm -hmm. I love that, Benita. And it's, it's interesting, just I'll speak from my own experience. One of my favorite things Benita's ever said to me was, because I would ask her a question, I'd be like, well, what do you think? And she's like, a reminder, Francesca, my job as your coach is not to tell you what I think. It's for me to empower you to um, just to, to know within yourself what your decision is. And that might take that might take a week, it might take a month, it might take 72 hours, but that'll come at the time it's meant to. And Bonita's favorite quote, at least with me, is, why don't you just sit with the emotion that you're feeling, <laughs> let it come <laughs> up, and really feel it. And then once you haven't, you know, suppressed the emotion or whatever it is, you know, sit with that. And then, you know, you can listen to your heart, listen to what your, what your higher soul self is trying to tell you. And typically there's an answer within that and you're not going to find it from the, your coach. Of course, Benita could tell me in an instant what she what she, you know, thinks is going on. But at the end of the day, I love the fact that you always bring it back to, well, let's help you. I, I want to empower you to, to find that. And I kind of stumble with my words when I say this because it's, um, it's a very personal thing to me and it's something that really has touched me in a lot of ways. So um, I'd almost, I guess it's like, yeah, it's an emotional thing because I, in working with Benita, have been able to find my voice and find my truth within that and there's a lot of areas within that where it's just that extra bit of confidence that you instill in the people that you coach uh, for us to remember that you don't have to call a coach for the answer you can call your coach for some guidance but they're going to lead you to looking within yourself for that answer I don't know if I'm explaining that well but that's at least how I have viewed that incredible work that you do well, thank you. And I think you can you conveyed that quite eloquently. And you got to something that's really important about what I do, because our society has basically taught us in a lot of ways to be walking heads, see, hear and deduce. And we get ourselves into trouble 
when we try to figure everything out intellectually and we don't register with our emotional intelligence. Mm. And, and the other thing you said that I think is really important is conveying the idea that we need to learn how to sit and go within to get our answers. And I've developed a number of techniques over the years, um, some of which I think, well, probably most of which you are quite familiar with. You know, I take people into things as they're ready, and you and I have done a lot of work together, so you've got a lot of tools in your tool belt as a result. Uh, But it's the idea of teaching people how to go within, how to actually access parts of the subconscious that have been locked in sometimes early childhood your entire life how to actually work with those parts not only to support them to come to consciousness and integrate with the adult self but to tap the wisdom they're holding for you so when we just try to rattle our brain for ideas and we don't connect with our emotional intelligence we're not playing with a full deck we're not accessing all the wisdom we actually possess and it does mean creating space between stimulus and response so you're not just reacting but you're sitting with what it's bringing up for you internally until there's a shift of awareness so that your next action comes from that deeper awareness informed by emotional intelligence. I love that Anita and I think that there's so much at least for me um, from my personal experience there's so much truth within that and I know for many others those tools I think that's what at least I feel a valuable coach is. And, and I have a couple coaches in my life, whether, you know, Bonita covers almost every aspect of my life. So she pretty <laughs> much does it all. And then, I, you know, I do have a business coach and, and I'm grateful for all the different aspects. But Bonita pretty much, she, I talked to her about everything. So what's neat, though, is that and I think this is a very key factor of a good coach is the simple fact that um, how would I word this? A good coach will never make you dependent on them, but a, a sign of a good coach is that they will give you all the absolute tools that you need. And if you ever need them, of course, you know, go to the coach for extra guidance or perhaps more advanced tools as you continue to grow internally. Um, but it's just, it's incredible because in my work with Benita, I've noticed more and more, like I use the tools every single day. It's almost like they're ingrained in me some days better than others. However, Um, when I go to her, it's not that I'm dependent on her. It's the fact that there's something new I've never worked with before, something new that I've never encountered before. Um, and you know, there's always some way that I know I can improve or, um, you know, expand internally. So that way, as Bonita says, my external world can shift. Um, and I think that that's just a really great sign of a good coach is that they're, they're never wanting you to be dependent on them. There's no reason for that. I think that, um, I think that sometimes like there's a energy pull that um, some, I think in business, it happens to be that way at times where some people, you know, they want people to keep coming back to them because it's that energetic, you know, like business. But at the same time, like, I feel like what you do so well, Benita, is that I want to come back to you, not because you've made me dependent on you. It's because I have the tools and you've given me so much that has made me expand. I know that if I keep coming back, it's going to keep me expanding. And I've, you know, I look at how I, um, how I view things now or how I'm able to come across, you know, opposition or some kind of milestone or challenge, um, whether it be personal or work or whatever it is. And the way I view it now and the way that I'm able to respond, I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I do that? And I'm like, oh, that's right. A couple hours of coaching. <laughs> that's how. And some deep internal work in the midst of it. But I mean, what a beautiful, like it's a, it's a cool transformation to watch unfold and it wouldn't be there without those tools. And so, yeah, again, I mean, I couldn't go on forever, but I I feel so much gratitude for how, like, it's just so powerful. Well, you know, I'm, I'm honored and grateful to work with you too, Francesca, because, you know, to your credit, um, you're always willing to take the deep dive. And so often at the end of a session, you'll say, Benita, is there anything else I can be working on? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that people come to me because it, there's a, a reason they're meant to. And, you know, I've had a lot of people say to me, I've had your card in my wallet for a year. I think that on a deep level, people sense if they're going to end up working with me, they're going to take a deep dive. They're going to make um, progress if they choose to do the ongoing work with me. 
and their their psyche has to be ready for that so you know when people say oh you got to go see Benita some people jump at that right away some people don't come right away and that's okay because that's their path yes um I may not be everybody's cup of tea um and for some people they need to be ready to work with me um but I think for the ones like yourself who do and the ones especially who choose to do ongoing work because I will always give as much as I can in the time anybody chooses to work with me but with ongoing work we can work through the layers and the layers to go to deeper more powerful places within each person um, I, I have so much respect for people who choose to do that ongoing work or any work with me because it means you're willing to really look at yourself in all of your facets, which to me are all beautiful and powerful. But when we're working with shadow, it doesn't always look beautiful at first. Yeah. We've been taught to be afraid of our shadow or to loathe it. And actually, my, part of my job is to help you fall in love with all your facets and realize every part of you is necessary to your journey to wholeness to realization and to being the most effective and and happy person you can be in this world yeah absolutely benita um if i may ask if you're willing do you want to kind of describe i mean i know what the shadow part of like a person's self is um, but maybe some people in the audience aren't really sure of what you're referring to do you want to kind of elaborate on that Sure. So the shadow, really, it's just the parts of ourselves that stay hidden until we do the work to bring them to the surface. However, sometimes they will be triggered. So let's say, for example, you were taught as a child that you weren't allowed to be angry. You were supposed to be sweet and quiet and get along. So it doesn't mean you didn't have an angry part. You just learned to suppress it to fit in with the paradigm in which you were born. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, you might have decided, okay, I am a good person if I'm not angry. So in order to feel good about yourself, you continue to suppress that part until some situation comes along and suddenly you're blasting somebody and you had no idea where that was coming from or that you were even capable of that. (laughs) And of course, then you might feel shame because, oh my God, I shouldn't be doing that because that's what you were taught. But I see anger as the energy of action. When you are working with that part of yourself, you get to the point where just irritation causes you to go, oh, something's feeling off for me. What do I need to address internally? What do I need to be aware of? Do I need to speak up or take action on my own behalf about a situation? Now it's a constructive part of you informing you that you might be missing something. You might need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So... But when we've suppressed it, we think of it as this terrible part of ourselves um, that, that we must cage within us. And when you have parts of you you've locked out of your conscious living, you don't have enough energy. You aren't working with all the parts of you that could help you make decisions. You're walking around only part of a person. So yeah. even though at first shadow work is deeply uncomfortable because we're having to let up parts of us we've been conditioned our whole lives to suppress it's not easy work eventually it's incredibly freeing and you come to see how wonderful and beautiful these parts of you actually are and how important they are to you operating properly in the world operating with full function you know for example people who suppress their anger they often don't charged with their worth Mm -hmm. or they don't set good boundaries in their relationships they make choices that benefit others more than themselves because the part of them would that would go hold on a second that doesn't feel good for me isn't getting to be part of the conversation interesting and that's just one aspect of shadow and the work never ends like our western society has this notion of if i just you know go to that workshop or i just see this person for a few hours, I should be fine, right? And then the work is done. And and unfortunately, we you come away from that three-day, you know, retreat, finding out you still have work to do. And then a lot of people beat themselves up thinking, I failed, I didn't get as much out of this as other people. When in reality, we're constantly evolving. And instead of getting depressed that, oh, there's more work to do, we could get excited that, oh, wow, there's more of me to discover. What? 
talents do I not know that I have? What insights have I not yet discovered? How exciting. It's like in Thich Nhat Hanh's poem, Please Call Me By My True Names, he says, do not say I will be gone tomorrow, for even today I still arrive. Mm-hmm. We're, in a, we're in a constant state of becoming. How wonderful, how, how limitless we really are. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, and I have to thank you for elaborating on, on that, Benita. I have to chime in and say this because I think it's, it's so timely. And at least for me, I find it comical. I love when someone says, oh, yeah, you know, if you work on your, like, when, when someone works on themselves, everything just falls into place. And I, <laughs> I can't help but laugh because all I can think of is, oh, start working on yourself. And the second that you realize that or you think that you're there, Oh, believe me, the work gets deeper. And then when you think you've gotten halfway there, oh, it gets deeper. And just when you think you're like, oh, yeah, no, I got stuff figured out. No, that's the that's the most hilarious part. Then something comes up and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, like things are getting real. And very quickly you realize that, at least in my experience, I know from everyone else I've talked to that does this work and is willing to go deeper, um, it, it doesn't end. It's not meant to end. I think that, you know, this is a, it's a lifetime of that internal work. And I think the more that we do it, we just keep expanding. But I find that the more I do the internal work, I want to know more. I'm like, well, but and then yeah. your awareness expands and all of a sudden everything that I thought I saw, I see even clearer. And I'm like, it, it's just, it's so miraculous to me. And I think that this work is so powerful, but yeah, but you know, it's funny. I have, I even have a friend and I love her dearly, but she goes, so I said to her, I said, I just don't think you're ready for a relationship. And she says to me, she says, well, I've spent a whole year by myself. I'm like, sometimes that's not enough. And like, just because you worked on yourself for 48 hours last week doesn't mean that you're ready. Like, you know, I took three and a half years being single and doing work on myself. And even after all of that time, there's still so much that I get to learn about myself every single day. And if there's anything... And you, you make a very, very yeah. good point there because I think our society has commodified relationship. We treat a person in our life like a drug. You're supposed to make me happy, and if you don't, I get to be mad at you. Instead of realizing that relationships are a spiritual path in themselves, there are things we can really only fully learn about ourselves in relation to other human beings Mm. who are going to trigger our patterns And we can either go, could you stop doing that thing so I don't have to feel this? Or we can say, oh, that thing you're doing is bringing this up for me. Great. Now, what do I get to learn about myself because something has been triggered? So I think that for people who think, and I'm not saying that's the case with your friend. I'm saying that a lot of times people think when I find that person, everything will be good. And then they're dismayed when they realize, no, there's still more work to do instead of just realizing No, that person's shown up in my life to hold up a mirror to some other aspects of myself I now get to learn about, and the learning continues. And, you know, when it comes to coaching, I I mean, I've I've been working with my own mentor for over 30 years. We all need somebody who can see further than we can. You know, as Ram Dass put it, we're all just walking each other home. There's always people around us who can offer insights outside of our own sphere And for me to be good at what I do, I have to constantly work on myself. But I've gotten past the point of going, oh, God, here we go again to, oh, okay, next layer of the onion, let's do this. It doesn't mean there's never any resistance or frustration, but I've learned something very cool about resistance. I've learned to see it as as an opening. If I'm resistant, that means on the other side of that, there's an awakening. And I'm not attached to when that awakening shows up. But now I get interested in sitting with the resistance. In fact, on my mm. latest blog post on my website, Sitting in the Fire of Attachment, it's about actually sitting with the quality and the feeling of an uncomfortable emotion and being willing to explore it instead of going, how do I stop this feeling now? Which is what we've generally been taught to do, to be um 
intolerant mm-hmm. of feelings that don't feel good. Yes. We're addicted to feeling good, and we will sometimes treat a partner as part of that addiction. You're here to make me feel good. No, they aren't. No. They're here to join you in becoming aware. A compliment <laughs> to your life. Yeah, ultimately, it's great if you're with somebody that also wants to become aware. But even if they don't, you know, some relationships will last a long time, some don't. But each are an opportunity to learn about our patterns. And if we stop dating with the idea of, could you be the one? And we dated from the idea of, hmm, what do I get to learn about myself in concert with this connection? I think we'd grow more. Oh, absolutely. And it's so interesting too, um, Benita, because I mean, you got to see that, and I'll speak very generally here, but in the previous relationship I was in, wonderful human, grateful for the experience. At the time, I didn't realize, well, actually I did, but I should say I realize even more so now to the amount that, you know, this, you know, lifetime gave me that particular person to give me certain, like mirrored certain things to me and showed me certain things about myself that I was able to learn and expand on, which gave me the tools that now in my relationship with a person that, you know, everybody knows this, that I'm going to marry, you know, with David, um, it just makes it that much easier. And like, I shouldn't say easier. How would I describe it? It's been such a gift to see how much I've evolved since that particular relationship. And if I hadn't been given that experience, I wouldn't have the extra tools um, that I have today that have propelled me to be the partner I am in the relationship with David. And what's so interesting, which I know that you know this, I'm just kind of restating from my um, experience from our coaching is I I love the fact that, um, how would I best word this? Um, Like, you know what you were talking about how um, the like the universe or this lifetime will give us certain experiences to show us certain shadow parts of ourselves or whatever it is. Um, I think that it's it's such a cool um, I guess experience when we can look at things as you know what can I learn how can I better myself through this as opposed to I think that it's so easy in life to go well why is this happening to me or the whole like. Yeah, why did this happen to me when really everything is happening for us? It's just going to be a matter of, you know, what kind of perspective we can look on it. And um, and I sorry, and I had lost my thought, but it just came back. I one of my favorite things that I've learned through your teachings are the fact that um, you will it will never be easy when you get together with a person. That's the most interesting misconception that people have. And what your your coaching has taught me is that when you get together with someone, either you're going to be like, there's so many things within you that are bound to be triggered. So for example, in one of the relationships I was in, I was able to be triggered on, on certain levels that made me a better person because I was able to look at certain parts of myself and go, why is this triggering me? Right. And it makes you a better person. And now I look at where I am today with David. Had I not explored those certain shadow parts of myself, different childhood patterns in myself like certain things from childhood that we don't even realize or learn behavior had I not been triggered um by certain things I wouldn't have learned that and now when I look at you know how I operate with David there's so many things that I don't even think twice about to do but I would not at all in the slightest have those tools without the previous experiences uh triggering certain things to um kind of be the catalyst for that growth if that makes sense yeah. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things you said that I think is really important is, um, you know, and uh, all of it's valuable. And I so appreciate everything you're sharing about, you know, the experience of the work we, we're doing together. It, it It's what it is I look at is a lot of us see life as happening to us. And you talked about life happening for us. And I'd like to elaborate on that. Of course. We live in a, we live in a quantum universe. It's a manifestation of our consciousness. If you look at things from a quantum mechanics point of view, everything is just energy, which our mind interprets a certain way. So if we stop looking as life is happening to us, which puts us in a powerless victim place that where we're always fighting with the world, if we think of it as the universe, the world is reflecting back to us our own consciousness Mm, as we shift internally the external world shifts to match our internal world so all real change comes from the inside so when we look at the world as how is it showing me what i need to work on internally 
real change can occur. If we don't do that work, we'll always be out of the frying pan into the fire because a lot of times people go, if I just leave this person, if I just move to a new location, if I just change jobs, it will be better. Mm-hmm. Maybe yes, maybe no. But if you don't make the internal shifts, then you'll just your patterns will just recreate a similar scenario at the next place or the next person. Yes, absolutely. So, right? So the internal work is key. And if you look at the world as in always, always, always benefiting you, even in the most difficult circumstances, by showing you what you need to work on, it's so important. It's like I've had times in my life where I remember one day getting three pieces of bad news. And I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to give myself two hours to have a total pity party about this. I'm going to let myself feel all of the overwhelming emotions that are being triggered. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And I just sat there and I had all the emotions come up. And I just totally acknowledged and honored those feelings. And then I said, okay, now that I've acknowledged all of that, what is my next step to addressing this? I find a lot of times when we allow ourselves to have our fear, our anxiety, our grief, our anger, whatever it is, and then we go, okay, now what's my next step? It takes less energy than trying not to have those feelings. Because when you push feelings down inside of you, you're actually using a lot of energy to do that, which gives you less energy to operate in the world. I think we're all here ultimately to wake up to become as conscious as we can in this life and the next life and the next life. And our these hidden aspects of ourselves try to come to consciousness, but they're carrying with them the emotion we buried. And if we're, if we're just able to go, welcome, come on up, you're, you know, show me everything you need me to see the work becomes more effective. But if we go, Oh, well, that's uncomfortable. Push that back down. Don't want to look at that we slow our progress because now that part has to build up the energy to surface again. Yeah. It's so intriguing. Um, I love the fact that you said that and I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, a most recent example was I went away to my Nona's funeral and there was a lot of emotion that came up regarding, you know, my parents, um, um, you know, just, I think there was a lot of um, emotion triggered with, you know, remembering my brother's, for them, you know, a lot of emotions that came up for my brother's funeral and how hard that was. And I think that um, witnessing certain things during this most recent funeral brought up a lot of that emotion. And it was really hard for me to witness and watch because you feel helpless in those moments. Um, of course. Anyways, throughout all of that and on top of obviously the uh, sadness of losing Nona, it was just so intriguing because I came home and, you know, within an hour of me arriving, you know, David's co-founder arrived in the airport. And then all of a sudden, you know, the same day it was David's birthday and, you know, it's just life carried on and as it does because the world doesn't slow down. I remember my mom said after Frank died, she described it. She goes, it never made sense to me that after... She's like, after my son died, she's like, how is it that the world for everyone else just goes back to normal when my world will never be the same and just getting up is a struggle. And I never forgot that particular, that particular quote, because, you know, I mean, I just, I can't imagine as a mother, like what that would feel like. So, um, I guess the best way for me to articulate this is that when I got home, you know, all of these emotions were coming through my head and I was thinking about all of this and everything, you know, in the world went back to normal, you know, and we carried on with, you know, celebrations and everything else. And all I could think of was I, I just, I just need a moment to like process all of this, but I, I just kept pushing myself. I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'll be fine. And all Benina said to me was, she's like, you need to take an ent- at least an entire day with David and just process all of the grief from this funeral talk about everything everything that you experienced and just and feel it because you suppressing it's not going to help and and I'm so grateful for that advice and you know yes it's hard at times to carve out time we're busy people you know I went straight back to work but my gosh I was so grateful for that um for that reminder and daily reminders 
uh, might I add, because had I not taken that time to really sit with those emotions and sit with that grief and let it come up and not just suppress it, like, you know, it's been, I don't know if it's been like a week or maybe two weeks since then. Um, yeah, two weeks. And I feel way more back to myself. But when I tried to suppress it, oh my gosh, it just made it 10 times worse. It was the hardest thing to to do. But when I was able to actually let all of that come up and just, you know, honor the fact that I, you know, struggled with that funeral and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we honor ourselves, when we are willing to acknowledge what is inside of us and honor what what those parts of us need addressed, we actually, because we have more energy, because when those parts feel uh, respected and heard, they will stay at the surface and become part of the whole, we're actually more effective in our interactions with others. When we're not blocking off parts of us to get through our day, then there's more heart energy for our loved ones. There's more heart energy for our clients. And in every way, we're more present. That's why, you know, in my business coaching, a lot of times somebody will come to me for business coaching and we end up talking about the relationship because what is going on on all areas of our lives influence how we show up in all areas. If you've blocked off part of yourself, because you know, maybe as a child you were taught to, or you're trying to survive and you feel like you need to push that down. Um, there's just less energy to function in the world. And it's an interesting thing. When we have more flow, people notice us more. People are drawn mm-hmm. to befriend us, to be our clients, to work with us, to engage with us, because they it's like being a flamethrower in a room full of candles. You know, that energy, that higher energy, that greater flow stands out. And, you know, it's a funny thing when we think, well, everybody else in the world has gone back to normal. But really, everybody in the world is struggling with their own stuff. Exactly. And if they don't have clear ways to bring it to the surface and acknowledge it and work with it, the struggle continues. So, you know, I have... You know, people like yourself that are younger that are getting onto this work sooner. And I do think that's part of, I do believe we're in an accelerated evolutionary process as humans. There are more younger people now coming to this work sooner than when I was young. And, you know, but I'll get somebody in their 60s or 70s who's now ready to take a deep dive. And I just think it's a beautiful thing that so many people, and, you know, I'd say a good 60% of my clientele are men. Mm-hmm. So many men and women are coming to this work because we're at a time when we are ready and we're ready to work on our our spiritual connection, whatever that means for you, right? Yes. Um, our, our heart connection, our greater awareness in a faster way than we've ever had before. So I'm one of many people all over the planet doing this kind of work on myself and in partnership with my clients so we can all achieve a higher state of awareness. And we as a whole species are evolving as a result. And I think that there is a domino effect in the collective unconscious that when one person starts to achieve that higher state of awareness, it triggers the people around them to do so. Yes. So we as, a, as energy are evolving in our vibrational field that might sound woo woo but if you study quantum physics there's a term for it called entanglement everything in the universe is hooked up to everything else so when something shifts it affects everything else oh yes absolutely that's why buddhist monks have a vow i vow to free all sentient beings sounds like a pretty big undertaking but what it really means is if they work to free themselves from their old conditioning it's also supports other people doing the same anybody that's ever hung out with the dalai lama or any other person who's achieved a high state of realization your energy field calibrates with theirs and you start to feel lighter you feel happier when i was traveling through tibet and nepal and i was meeting holy men and women i would feel that higher vibration affecting my field as well it's a beautiful experience yeah absolutely and i think for those in the audience that are like oh i don't know what any of that means they're really really simply put it's just you know that feeling 
and the best way to just put it into simple terms, it's like the feeling when you get when you're around a negative person, it brings you down. It's the exact same thing when you're around a positive person and you feel, you walk away and you go, I don't know why, but I feel happier. I feel uplifted. There's something about their presence that just really, you know, made me feel like I just wanted to smile and, and give them a huge hug. That all comes down to, there's a vibrational um, aspect to that because you're, you're, quote unquote, like your energy is at a different level. And I think that uh, maybe that'll kind of clarify that for those in the audience that are kind of wondering what that all means. But um, yeah, it's I realized that, you know, I don't tend to think in polarities of positive and negative only because I think that people see negative as negatively as yes. a bad thing. Yeah. And that's, again, part of suppression of the shadow. I look at it more like different frequencies of vibration. So when you go to the lower frequencies, it's it's like we have to take that deep dive into those frequencies and support those parts of us operating those frequencies to move to higher frequencies. And if you think of it as the most basic frequency is survival and it's it's fear based and it's anger based and anger is just another side of fear, because if we're angry, it's usually it's something we see as threatening. Yeah. So at the lowest frequency, it's how do I find love? How do I get enough to eat? How do I put a roof over my head? It's very, very basic. At the highest frequencies, it's unconditional love, compassion for all, including ourselves, and a big picture mentality of whatever is happening to me, it's all for the greater good. It's all for my higher awareness. Um, I accept it all. It's amazing what happens when we stop fighting what is and we see it as to our benefit so how do i work with this mm, i love that yeah absolutely benita no that's fantastic and i think too at least for myself i've found it to be quite powerful i'll be on the phone with benita and i'll be working through something that i found was you know you know there was something that i'm like okay you know i'm trying to figure out where this person is coming from whatever it is and benita and i will talk and in the midst of that, there's some kind of shift in perspective that happens um, through just doing that internal work. And Benita always reminds me, the more internal work you do, it will shift the external world around you as you continue to shift. And it's so interesting. I mean, I'm sure you can recall this too, Benita, a couple times where you and I will be on the phone and you'll, you'll sense that I've shifted my perspective. So something internally has shifted. And then all of a sudden, boom, that person will call or boom, that person will send a message and say, hey, Francesca, I was thinking about this and, you know, it's come to my mind about this, this and this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they shifted. And it's because I shifted internally. Right. So and then, that's entanglement. Yeah. That's the connection. Yeah. We're all connected. So when you shift, it literally puts ripple out into the fabric of the universe and affects other things. Yeah, Absolutely. And some people won't want to believe that, but it's, I've seen it too many, like I've experienced it too many times for me to not believe that that's just, it's just it's so powerful. It's kind of mind blowing when you see it in action, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, uh, two years ago, if you had said that to me, or maybe not two years, three years ago, <laughs> I would have been like, oh no. But now it's like, I, it's just, it's clear as day. There's so many, you know, I would say, I don't know. 10 to 15 times a day I see that in action and um, there's certain people in my life, Benita knows exactly who specifically I'm talking about, in the business world that is kind of like my barometer almost, that when I am on my game and I'm doing exactly what I need to be do, doing and I'm stepping it up every single day, there's one particular person that I can very clearly see, I'm like, oh wow, like this is, you know, I'm on track. If at any point, you know, I'm, I don't know, I think we're all human. There's times where we are, you know, there's times where we can, you know, do things, you know, or gain feedback on whatever it is. And it's just so interesting seeing how certain people are almost become like a barometer or they're like, because they're somewhat attached to that energy field. And it's so, it's so powerful and it's so beautiful to be able to have that and not look at it as a negative, but some kind of it's a gift, right? Because I've been able to, through that, learn so much about myself in the business world as well and personally, um, just by being more aware of, you know, everything happening around me, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that this is why what I love to do in my work is bring science into it. 
Um, A couple of things that I really recommend for your audience is reading the book, The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. Mm -hmm. Um, It's quantum physics, but it explains a lot about how things we view as paranormal fit into the the world of science. And um, watching the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? It's a film that peppers a storyline interspersed with um, interviews with physicists and mystics showing the correlation. There was another book that came out years ago called The Quantum and the Lotus, And it was a conversation between a quantum physicist and a Buddhist monk showing the parallels between them because physicists have quantified what mystics have known and experienced directly for thousands of years. When you go into, I've been meditating since I was 13 years old because from a very young age, I wanted to understand the phenomena I was experiencing. So I studied science and I got into meditation and I I did a lot of deep diving from a very young age and I went deep into various religious practices, spiritual practices as well. So I've experienced samadhi. I've, I've gone into those very deep states of spiritual realization and it's, it's an incredible and an entirely different way of experiencing the world because you're experiencing things as energy and vibration um, and no longer just physical form. It's like being in the matrix and seeing not just what people see in the physical world, but the code behind it. So when I'm working with people, I'm seeing not just the physical person or talking to them. I'm also experiencing their energy, which is why somebody might come to me and talk to me at the conscious level. I can go right to the subconscious and say, this is what's going on with you at a deeper level Mm -hmm. because I can experience them at that level even if they're not consciously aware of it and it's you know it's not some special power it's something i've trained that mental psychic muscle to do over decades of of practice um and it's i'm so fascinated by the unlimited possibilities of human consciousness um there's a video online called the boy with the incredible brain it's about daniel tammet who's a high-functioning autistic, he can recite pi up to 20,000 digits because he sees colors and shapes as the numbers and he just recites them. When I tune in on people, I experience their subconscious very similarly. I'm just looking at that energy. Um, That man can also learn a language in seven days. Hmm. Uh, You know, there's another guy who got whacked on the head at a bar and can now draw pictures of the quantum field and he didn't even know what he was doing until a mathematician looked at that and said do you realize what you're drawing uh his last name is paget can't think of his last name offhand but this is all online you can see interviews with these people um this is why i love what i do helping people discover their potential and keep going beyond everything you think you know about yourself to discover more how exciting how amazing what human beings are capable of mm-hmm. we start off working with our patterns but there's so much more we can do absolutely benita wow that's powerful i love those stories thank you for sharing them just a testament to the fact that I don't think we use very much of our human brain by the time from the time we are born to the time we pass to you know not even I don't even know if it's like an eighth or even less than that of its absolute potential it's just so it's so fascinating to me and this is this is why I love this so much it's you know see seeing people bloom seeing them shine seeing somebody who's working through some deep and gritty stuff start to have those realizations and there's just a a glow about them and i've witnessed this where somebody will come in just weighed down by whatever's going on in their life and as that stuff gets liberated and that energy gets used in more constructive ways they literally have a glow about them and i'm one of those lucky people who gets to witness and support that and i consider myself absolutely blessed to be able to do this work. Oh, thank you, Benita, for sharing that. And I feel very grateful that you do this work because I'm one of the lucky recipients of the just the many blessings that come with, you know, what you do and being on the receiving end. So thank you for that, Benita.
Well, thank you. And you know, I've got to say, Francesca, it's beautiful to watch you work with your audience and support your people. And I think that's ultimately what we're all doing. My mentor supports me to do the work I do. I support you to do the work you do. And all together, it's bringing us all up to a higher level of awareness. Absolutely, Benita. No one, I'm very, um, I thank you for saying that because I'm very grateful for, you know, what the, what your tools empower me to, you know, give to you know, not only the people in my personal life or in my family, but also in my career as well and all the other, you know, facets of the things I'm up to lately. And um, there's no way I would be able to, um, you know, process things or, you know, be operating at this level without that uh, that added structure and, and, um, and coaching. So, Benita, if I may add or ask to kind of as we start to conclude this episode, and I know that we'll have you back for another episode, I'm sure, so we can tap into, you know, any other questions maybe the audience might have, and we can kind of tap into more of your background and some of the things and and different places. Benita's worked in some incredible places, and so I'd love to share more about that one day, but, um, for today's episode, um, may you share um, a book that you would, I know you shared one, but perhaps there's a book that you can recommend um, for the audience today or perhaps one of your favorites? Sure, and, and I'd be delighted to come back, so thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I know that there's um, a couple of books I often recommend to people. There's a lot of books I do. Um, one book I love is Cheryl Richardson's book, The Art of Extreme Self-Care, because I think when you learn how to nurture your own sensitivity and not suppress it, you actually become more effective in all of your relationships, personal and business. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a series of books that were put together based on Osho's teachings. So that is O-S-H-O. And so somebody took his teachings and made a book on each subject. And there's one called Trust. <laughs> Oh, there's one called Intimacy. I laugh because she's told me to read that every <laughs> freaking session. And I'm like, yep, thanks, Kanita. <laughs> Just had to say it. And there's one called Courage. Because yeah. I think that one of the biggest things I see in all of us is a lack of trust. From such an early age, you know, things have happened in our lives that have caused us not to trust. So we walk around with this armor on yeah. trying to protect ourselves from each other. When if you think of it, Again, I'm going to throw out an idea, the unified field theory. Uh, Lynn McTaggart talks a lot about this in her books, including her book, The Field. And it's a, con- it's a concept that you hear in quantum physics a lot. So the idea is that there's one consciousness experiencing itself in myriad forms. So when we don't trust, we're seeing somebody as other. We're not seeing our connection to them. We're not seeing that relationship as this person is a reflection of me. So we create enemies. When ultimately, we're all just struggling together, and we could all find a way to support each other. Mm-hmm. So when you start to look at trust in a different way, and I think that book gives a very interesting perspective, yeah. it really shakes up how you look at how you relate to other people. And Intimacy is a great book for shaking up how we look at relationships. And yeah. courage, couldn't we all use more courage? Yeah. Because this work takes courage, right? Right. Well, and that's, that's why I'm excited to dive into the three books that you suggested. So you said there's this trust, intimacy, and courage. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, Benita, because you've talked about them and you say that they're incredible. So, I mean, I've got some other books I need to finish first, but we're yeah. on the I'd list. I'd love to hear your perspective on them. <laughs> yes. I, I just find Osho has a very different approach to things. And in fact, I use the Osho Zen Tarot when I'm working with clients, not to tell the future, but to use these cards to map your subconscious and it works really well. I have like 50 different decks. I just love collecting them, but that's my go-to deck. And it is one that is available at Mosaic and online as well. If people want to have some fun and learn about themselves. Um, Also, I have my own digital Oracle deck that's going to be coming out on an app called Deckable. Um, It's not out yet, but once it's available, I will be offering it for sale through my website, spiritcolona.com. Amazing, Benita. And also, too, if I might add to that incredible um, upcoming launch that you have, I know that you have as well an online course. Is that correct? I'd love for you to share that with our audience. Thank you. Yes. So the the course is called Soul Decision Leadership. Leadership. That's S-O-U-L. The concept is that we come into this world with an awareness 
about our path, what we came here to do and to learn. But well-meaning parents, teachers, society project on us ideas about what they think we need to be to fit into that paradigm we were born into. So we start to suppress parts of ourselves to fit into that. Soul Decision Leadership is a 12-module course, and it is designed to help you get back to making your decisions from soul level, walking around with that level of leadership where you know who you are, you know your path, you know how you're meant to operate in the world. So each module has um, a video of me channeling my soul consciousness, and there's five lessons, and there are exercises to do with each lesson. There are also weekly Zoom calls that you can participate in to discuss what you're learning, to ask more questions. Um, There's more insights offered with that. So each module has a lot of meat on the bones because you get to do the interaction with me as well. And you can always book some one-on-one time if you find that stuff is being triggered during the course that you want to take a deeper dive with. Amazing. Or just if they want to just work with you and, you know, learn more, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I work with people the way they need to work with me. So some people, they come for an hour, they get what they need to chew on for a while, and and you're always invited to record your session on your smartphone. If we work by Zoom, I send you a video recording, and I've had people say they listen to these recordings over and over again because I give a lot of takeaways. So some people will take an hour, and I don't see them for months. Some people will work with me every few weeks or every week. It really depends on what works for you. There's no right or wrong about it. I work with you very organically the way you need to do the work. It's not about pushing you. It's about supporting you to work at your pace. Absolutely. And I will say from experience, I think that Benita is just very, uh, very multifaceted. So you have a really great way of, you know, kind of adapting to the client that you're you're coaching very very well but I also love the fact that when I do need a kick in the butt and I'm like I want (laughs) to be really geared up to do this this and this and whatever capacity oh believe me I'm like and I'm calling Benita (laughs) (laughs) and and I I appreciate you saying that because yes I could be very soft and very uh, gentle when people need that and then there's times where it's like okay you're in denial and I need to help you come out of that and I'll be very direct. Um, I do not placate people. I'm not here just to pat anybody on the head and say there, there, it will be better because that doesn't serve you. I'm going to be direct and I'm going to give you the information you need to move forward and I'm going to work with you in the way I sense you need me to. Exactly. And that varies depending on the person and the day and the circumstances. It's about me responding to what your subconscious wisdom is telling me you need in that moment yeah and i super i very very much appreciate that because there are moments where i just i just need you to be like francesca give yourself a break today okay and there's other days where i get every everything but the opposite of that you're like nope today's the day and we're not procrastinating on this and you're gonna do this and here's how you're gonna level up i'm like okay so um, I'm so, so grateful for that. And I think that that's what a good coach is. I mean, I told my skating coach of, you know, many years, Sherry, shout out to her. She, um, she's an amazing human. She's now one of my very closest friends, but she was my figure skating coach for years. And that's so cool. I was saying to her, I said, yeah, Bonita actually reminds me a lot of you because Aww. Sherry at times was very soft when she needed to, but believe me, about 80% of the time, she knew how to get me like, you know, and, and, but here's the thing. I, I won. I won a lot. I was on that podium, whether it was bronze, silver, or gold. I would say every competition but my very first competition. And that's because she, she, she knew that I was capable of great things. And, you know, that's what a good coach, they want you to surpass them and keep growing, right? So I very much well, like you And to it's her. definitely a partnership. Yes. Because, you know, we can only offer people to the extent that they're ready to receive and ready to work with what we offer. And you keep showing up, you know, you keep showing up with me, you showed up with Sherry, you show up in life and therefore you get the benefits of it. Absolutely, Benita. And I'm so grateful for you. And, and, and thank you, Benita, for taking time today to be on the podcast for us to learn a bit more about who you are, what you do, what you have upcoming, and also just what an impact you've had on my life personally. And uh, I still look forward to having you back on the podcast to tap into a bit more of maybe the scientific aspect of what you do and um, yeah, just learning more about who you are. 
Francesca, this has been such a pleasure, and thank you to everybody who's listening. Um, I'm just delighted to be here and to support and serve anybody that I can who wants to do this work. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to um, show up to your audience. It's it's really appreciated. It's my absolute pleasure. And I, I have to add this in before we go. I apologize, but I need Vanita to just do a little plug as to where we can find her. Um, and I will put it in the show notes. Uh, Vanita, if you just want to say where people can find you, how they can reach out to you so that way people can connect. Sure. Yeah, sure. So uh, you can reach me through many channels on Facebook. Just go to Spirit Kelowna. That's my page. And I do some fun things on uh, my Facebook. Um, I do, you know, monthly forecast of what patterns to work on this month, uh, free mini readings. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Bonita Summers Psychic. Uh, my website is spiritcolona.com. My course website is souldecisionleadership.com. Okay, amazing, Benita. Thank you. And I'm on LinkedIn too. Yes, <laughs> she's everywhere. everywhere. Oh, that's great. Because then people know where to find you. I love it. Or if you don't know where to find her, find me, and I will send you to her. Oh, so, thank you. Amazing, Benita. Well, I am so grateful for you, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. I'm probably going to talk to you later today. So, but uh, I will look forward to that. Yes, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Benita. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you all for joining us yet again for another episode of the Amante Podcast. I'm your host, Francesca Amante, and you can follow us just about anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much any listening platform. We are so excited to join you here for our next episode next week and looking forward to seeing you again soon. Make the world a better place. Cheers.